How's it going today, guys? Once again, we're back here in the studio live. Another episode, Hot Takes the TP3 today is uh, Monday, July 23rd, 2018. I've got a special guest for you all today, my buddy Steven Drylinger. He's been on an episode before. Steven, say what's up to the people. Yeah, what's going on, guys? How's it going? And so we got uh, some pretty good topics for you all today. So let's get things started off here with uh, something me and Steven were uh, beefing about a little bit over Twitter. So is Aaron Judge overrated? And so all this kind of started out um, earlier in the week. You know, I feel like every single time I turn on the TV and see NLB commercials, all I see on there is Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper. And to me, they're the, probably the two most overrated players in baseball. I mean, we don't even have to argue about Bryce Harper. I mean, he's hitting 218. That's just terrible to begin with. But talk about Judge here, Stephen. What do you think about Judge? Is he overrated? I mean, I just I don't think there's any discussion that he was that he is not an overrated, that he is an overrated baseball player because that is just completely false. I mean, the guy's batting 286 this year with 26 home runs and about 61 runs batted in. Not much, sort of much more you want out of the guy in the number two hole position. He'd have much more RBIs if he batted. They were Stanton was at number four somewhere around there. See, my biggest argument here for that I'm going to disagree with you about for Judge being overrated is. Just the fact, dude, that a Yankee Stadium is 314 down the right and left field line. All judges hitting is extra base hits and home runs. He's hitting mm-hmm. in a smaller ballpark, which favors him to hit all those home runs. To me, Aaron Judge is another just Joey Gallo. If you put both of them in the same ballpark and you make both of them play and not a little tiny T-ball field like Yankee Stadium is, I played in baseball stadiums in eighth grade that were bigger than Yankee Stadium is down the, down the right field line, which is what Judge is. He's a righty. I mean, Joey Gallo, the second half of the season last year, hit 229, and Judge hit 228. Well, don't get me wrong. Judge definitely struggled down the stretch last year. I mean, you look at his overall career numbers, the man has 82 home runs in about, I don't know, call it roughly a season and a half, if that. I mean, there's that's pretty good numbers. I mean, when he hits home runs, it's not like they're just going out. They're, they're going to about 445 around there. You can't really argue that one. I mean, dude, I've seen Aaron Judge hit plenty of home runs that were just regular little flyouts that are barely getting out of the stadium. I mean, don't get me wrong. He hits some tanks. I think Aaron Judge is one of the best home run hitters in baseball. I don't think he's one of the best total players. I mean, I think he's a good I – mean, great. If you want to talk about his overall ability, he's a gold glove uh, fielder also. Not to no, know. I was about to say that. I think he's a good fielder, but I just don't think he's got it all. I don't think he's five tool. I don't think he can hit for average. What's, what's the tool? He's batting two ninety two this year. He's hitting two eighty six. I think yeah. correctly. Two eighty six. I mean, don't, what are you that's, saying? That's the that's that's the kind of player he is. Though he's a two eighty six and about fifty to fifty five home run player, which the Yankees will take every day of the week, and so would any other team in baseball. As yeah, team. but his numbers are inflated because right field's so small. You throw Aaron Judge in another part. To me, he's hitting. 260 with 30 home runs. I mean, 30 home runs is pretty good, though, for anybody. I think he's definitely a home run hitter, but I just don't think he has the power like he's – I mean, I just don't think he's – Well, he's also he's also 25 years old, so he also has time to grow. So, I mean – I mean, yeah, he definitely does, but I feel like he strikes out way too much, too, and that was the other thing. I would say he's third. Well, well power hitters strike out. That's just what comes with that. I mean, look at Stanton's numbers last year. He struck out almost over 200 times, and he still won the MVP and that hit – what did he hit? 61, 62 home runs last year? Mm-hmm. 
Around you got to look at the power number stats, the power hitter stats, and strikeouts are going to be a part of it. But I mean, he still hits for average. He still hits home runs. He gets runs in, gets on base all the time, walks. Yeah, you get some of the most walks in baseball. If you look that up too. Oh no, I know he's walked a lot too, but I mean that doesn't change anything about his hitting. I just think that he's overrated. There's so many better players than him in baseball, and I look at all these other players. To me, Freddie Freeman's better. Um, Mookie Betts is better, Altuve is better, J.D. Martinez, Gene Sakura, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Jesus Aguilar, Nolan Arenado, Javier Baez. There's a lot of better players out there. I'll give you the, I'll give you the first eight you said, but I don't know about the next eight. But the first eight players you said are MVP type players. So, I mean. They're around. They're with their judges in their category, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think judges MVP MVP player. I don't think he's as complete of a hitter as all those other guys are. I mean, Martinez is hitting like he's hitting almost 320, and he's got 81 RBIs and 29 home runs. And he's a, he honestly could maybe shoot for the triple crown, but he probably won't just because Betson's going to hit probably 340, 330. I think Martinez's average will fall down around like 310 or so, but. No, no, I'm not arguing with you on the other players. I'm just saying judges and overrated. There's definitely players in baseball that are better than him. But I mean, to be the face of baseball, you got to be, you just got to be an all-around person, not just necessarily the top player in baseball. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It also helps judge a little bit that he plays for the Yankees. But I just think that he's overrated, and people give him a little more hype than he deserves. I feel like that there's a lot better players out there who deserve a lot more credibility than they're getting like Judge gets every night in and night out. And, I mean, like you, like y'all were saying the other day that I don't watch Judge play enough, but, I mean, pretty much every single time you turn on a baseball game, if you're not watching your hometown team, it's almost always going to be the Yankees or Red Sox or Nationals that's on TV. No, that's, that just happens with the markets that they're in. I mean, no, that's that's why I think, honestly, everyone blows Judge out of the water just because he, he plays in that game. But baseball. Judge is off to 25 and hits Hanks. And, I mean, there's, I don't think there's much of an argument there, but I don't disagree with where you're coming from. Yeah, all right, well, let's let's move on from this one now. I know you as a big Jets fan, Steven. You're a big Darrell Revis guy. I personally think Revis is probably the best corner I've seen play the game. He's much better than uh, Richard Sherman. But, I mean, what do you think? Is he for sure an all-star? Because I've heard lots of ignorant people out there saying – I mean, not all-star, a Hall of Famer. I've heard lots of ignorant people out there saying he's not. Okay, so here we go. I don't think this is even close to an argument. I think he's the first battle Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm going to give you some stats from the number one receivers that he guarded the league. All right, ready for this? Yeah. Andre Johnson against Darrell Revis. Um, they faced off four times. He had four receptions for 35 yards. Um, this was in 2009. Four receptions for 35 yards against the rest of the NFL. He had seven for 105 and nine touchdowns as his average. Randy Moss, four four receptions, 24 yards, no touchdowns, average against the rest of the NFL, five um, receptions, 86 yards, 12 touchdowns. Terrell Owens, three receptions, 13 yards, average against the rest of the NFL. Four receptions, 76 yards, four touchdowns. Again, Randy Moss, the same year, five uh, five receptions for 34 yards, one touchdown. And his average against the rest of the NFL was five for 86. Um, Reggie Wayne that year, three, three receptions, 33 yards against the rest of the NFL. Seven receptions, 82 yards, 10 touchdowns. And then when he faced off against Ocho Cinco that year, he held him to all zeros across the board. And he's, yeah. he's, an, he's, an, he's a seven-time pro bowler in 11 years. I mean, I don't think that's 
that's hard. That's kind of hard to argue right there. No, I agree with you completely. Honestly, I don't even count that last year he played with the Chiefs because, I mean, he barely even played. He kind of got picked up when they had some injuries to the, to the secondary. So he was a seven-time Pro Bowler pretty much in 10 years, and he absolutely dominated. Going back, like you said, on that 2009 season, he absolutely dominated the NFL that season. Like, you were not throwing the ball against him. He had a uh, – 32.3 passer rating for quarterbacks when they were throwing at him, which was number one in the NFL in his top five all-time passer rating against, which is a little, which is absolutely amazing. Um, he gave up 41 receptions against him that season for 425 yards and had six interceptions. And I know he only had 29 interceptions in 10 years, which a lot of people judge how good corners are off interceptions, but I don't. I judge how much you throw at him, and nobody was throwing at at Darrell Revis. Everyone was scared, too. He pretty much took an entire side of the field away from you. And there was many – like, the Jets had Mark Sanchez as their quarterback in that era, and Darrell Revis in that defense was so damn good. Nobody would throw the ball on that side of the field. And the Jets would go deep in the playoffs every – like, is that, isn't that the year they lost to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game? Yeah, it's the year they lost to the Steelers when they had Sanchez, the NF Sanchez. But, no, Darrell Revis was that year one of the – he might have had one of the best years a quarterback's ever had in the career of football almost. And his interceptions, like you said, I mean, I don't look at, I don't look too much into that because when you don't get thrown at, you can't pick the ball off, right? Exactly. Yeah, he was only targeted 111 times that season. Like, nobody wants to throw the ball at him. But like you said in that game when he shut down Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco, I remember before the game started, uh, Ocho Cinco like said to them in the pregame when they were interviewing and whatever, he was like, if they, sh- if, uh, I get locked down today by Revis, I'm going to change my name back to, Ch- to Johnson. And he didn't have a catch. I think he had like three targets. He couldn't even get open. It was I, don't, I don't think he got, I mean, according to the stats here, he, he didn't get targeted once that game. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's even worse. He didn't even get a target then. So he, yeah, he absolutely got shut down. I remember that game. It was on Sunday Night Football, but. Revis is probably one of the most dominant players I've ever watched just play the position in general. He absolutely dominated teams, and, I mean, I think he's absolutely amazing. No, I, I can't just, I can't agree more with that. Yeah, I don't really know. People were trying to – I've seen people all over Twitter and stuff saying he shouldn't make it, but I don't see it. But let's talk about another uh, – Yeah, I know we're going all New York on this one just because you're a New York fan, but let's talk here. All right, so what are you thinking about the Knicks next offseason? I know how I feel about it. Let's hear what you have to say. Oh, uh, the Knicks – this this next off season is the off season I've been waiting for. The Knicks are in for a big one. The Knicks will have one uh, max free agent contract, and if they can clear the cap of um, Joaquin Noah, that would make two max contracts to go along with Porzingis and Kevin Knox, who I think is going to be a superstar in the NBA one day. Then yeah, I think the two I think the two people that they, that come with them are I think Kyrie Irving is a, almost for sure. And then I think, I think the Knicks go out and get also um, Kevin Durant slash Jimmy Butler to go alongside those three players. Yeah, no, I think I can, I can I agree with you on that. I mean, I definitely think it'll be tough to get rid of Noah, but y'all probably have to send like a first round pick or something from the next season along with uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, sorry, a first-round pick along with uh, Joaquin Noah to some other team in order for them to take him off the books for y'all because I know he'll definitely be a tough player to get off the books. But, I mean, if you package a first with him, you can almost certainly get rid of him. Like you said about Knox, I mean, I think Knox could be a superstar, and I've always felt this way about him. He has to get a more consistent three-point shot because he's already a good, like, two-way player with his defense and the way he can get to the hole, but he definitely has to shoot the ball better, and, like, we saw him spray three balls in Kentucky like that. Uh, remember that one game when he had 40 points? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, see, he was drilling the three ball, and I mean, he drilled it throughout the summer league. He had that one game where he was like, uh, and he tore the summer league up. You can't deny that, right? So, I mean, the future's bright for him, and he's only 18 years old. No, absolutely. And like he said, I personally, I've never really stood by the fact that um, players like to go to big markets just because or like to meet up, like they said, with L.A. and like Boston and New York and stuff like that. But I give you all a good chance. And definitely, I think Kyrie has like an – I'd give him like an 85% chance of coming there next year. He still hasn't ruled it out. And he won't re-sign with the Celtics. So he's from he's, New York. And he's, he's always – If he's going to re-sign with the Celtics, he might as well go ahead and do it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why hasn't he already re-signed with the Celtics? Like, why would he wait longer? It's not like he has anything else to prove. And we know how injury-prone Kyrie can be. So if anything, he's going to want to get paid if he wants to stay there long-term. He got injured this year. Yeah, and I, that's also why I think Isaiah Thomas turned down the, multi, the multi-year deal from Orlando and instead went out to uh, Denver. I mean, apparently he he off, got offered like 25 or 23 mil a year there in Orlando, but instead he left all that money on the table to take $2 million and go play for the Nuggets and kind of rebrand himself a little bit because I feel like he thinks that Kyrie's going to go so he can go back to New York – or so he can go back to – Boston and play for Boston again because I mean we've seen how much he he loves Boston. I don't know if you saw today, but apparently he hit up Danny Ainge right before he signed with the Nuggets. And he was like, if there's any way to make it happen, I'm still down. Yeah, I did see that. I saw that today um, out of the news. I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know. I think I, I feel like Boston kind of treated Isaiah Thomas wrong. So I don't know why he want to go back to Boston, but I definitely see where he is from his standpoint where he's coming from on that one. But um, I think Kyrie Irving to the Knicks is almost a sure thing because of the – he's got a really good relationship with Fisdale. A lot of the players love to, seem to love Fisdale, which is a positive sign as a Knicks fan. Yeah, I love Fisdale too, honestly. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. I think he's a really good defensive coach. I honestly think the only reason why the Grizzlies fired him is because they wanted to be bad and tank, and they knew if they kept him around that they would win too many games just because of the kind of coach he is and the kind of fire he has and stuff. But I also feel, see, I'm not sure if Durant's going to go to New York. Honestly, I can't rule out Durant possibly going to L.A. to play with LeBron. I know a lot of people are saying that he wants to do this, that, and the other, but I could really see it happening just because, I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to see that? But, I mean, Durant could want to kind of get that championship and prove that he doesn't need the Warriors, which I think that he's definitely going to do after this season. Where he goes is still up in the air. But I know Kyrie and Jimmy Butler have talked about possibly playing together, and I know Jimmy Butler turned down his re- re-signing with the Timberwolves. So I personally think y'all are more likely to get Jimmy Butler than y'all are Durant, but I can't rule out Durant coming there. I mean, Jimmy Butler uh, starting four slash five, whoever you add to the center position of. Jimmy Butler, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Knox, Przingis, and then the unknown center. That's not a bad lineup, especially at East. Yeah, and don't forget also, y'all, I mean, I personally think New York's going to be probably top five in the lottery this year. I think they're going to have a bad year. I think Porzingis will struggle a little bit coming back from the injury. I'm worried about how he's going to recover. I know a lot of people, players, struggle recovering from ACL injuries. I know it's not an easy one to come back from. So definitely going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that. But, I mean, people forget New York's probably going to have, like, a top five pick or so this year. So That's why if, the, if they could package that first-round pick to get Noah out of the way, which is one of their dumber contracts over the years, which they need to get rid of, which is a big piece of next summer, then they need to go ahead and trade that first-round pick and start looking ahead to next summer and getting a superstar with that, with that yeah. money. 
Yeah, see, I think they can still hang on to this year's first. I think it'll be next year's first in that way they can dump. I feel like they can hang on to it one more time. Because, I mean, pretty much any tanking team like the Hawks, you can eat a contract, or like Orlando or somebody like that. You can eat a big deal, we'll take any kind of first-round pick that will get thrown their way. I mean, who knows? Y'all may even try to get rid of Cantor. How, what kind of deal did Cantor just get resigned to? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's a pretty big deal. I can't remember off the top of my head either, but it's a multi-year deal with a decent bit of money in it. But, I mean, I, I think the Knicks want to keep Cantor around. He's a good piece of the future, which isn't costing them too much money, which they can afford on the books. Yeah, but I'll, I think the Knicks look at him as a good center going down the road, and he likes to play in New York also. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't like to play in New York? Actually, he's just on – it looks like that he signed – he was on a four-year $70 million deal, and it appears he's in the last year of that deal. So he's making $18 million this year. So he's off the books next year. So. so he's off the books, and then if they can get Noah off the books too, then that's, that's big time for them coming up in the summer of 2019. Uh, the Knicks are, I think the Knicks are in play for anyone in the summer of 2019 with that with their coach and the money they have in it being New York. So we'll, we'll see what the Knicks have in store for us next summer. It should be interesting. No, absolutely. And it's a perfect time to get strong in the East. I really think there's only two strong. Actually, I think the Raptors will be really good this year, but after Kawhi leaves them, they'll just kind of go back to like a five to I'm, eight. I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, I read reports last night that Kawhi is starting to warm up to the possibility of staying in Toronto. Interesting. I mean, I think Toronto would, is going to be really good next year. Think about it. They basically get rid of DeRozan. He's an empty stats guy. into a team that already got first place, got a new coach. I mean, this team, I can't rule out that they can be a big-time contender. I mean, we remember Kawhi was top three in MVP the last year he played. Yeah, people forget that Kawhi was a top one to two player, as some would like to call him, when he, when he was playing in the NBA, so... Yeah, and not to mention the best two-way player in the league, and probably one of the best two-way players the league's ever seen. Right? No, I don't. I don't disagree with that one. Yeah. So I mean, Toronto's definitely going to be pretty good, but I'm I'm excited to see what happens next year in the NBA. Give me a uh, one bold prediction you have for the NBA next season. One bold prediction for the like including the off season. No, just for the upcoming season. Like, it could be somebody getting traded, somebody going down with an injury. One goal prediction. The Raptors, the the Toronto Raptors will make the finals. Ooh, I like that. See, I I like that. I can't say that's too bold. I mean, think about it. One of these Celtics guys, especially Kyrie, goes down. I mean, Kyrie has missed at least 10 games in every single season he's played. So Toronto Raptors will make the finals. Mark my words on the podcast. I like it. I like it. That's not a bad bet either for a lot of people out there. I bet you can get great odds on that. I mean, like you said, make the finals, not win the finals. I don't think anybody's going to be able no, to. No, no, no. Golden State's winning the finals. I don't think that's that, – see, now that would be a bold prediction to, to pick against Golden State to win the finals. See, there's a difference between bold predictions and stupid predictions, and I feel like that's just stupid to pick against Golden State. Yeah, that is a stupid prediction. Mike Gordon – like, did you see what Gordon Hayward said the other day? He said the, the Celtics are locked to win the NBA finals. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, Gordon Hayward still isn't even able to play basketball yet. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But, Stephen, I appreciate having you on, man. Yeah, thanks for the time on here. I enjoyed the debate. Hey, no problem. Uh, we'll definitely get you on here again soon. But hope everything's going well for you down in Tally. I'll come down there and see you soon. All right, sounds good, Thomas. Hey, till next time. All right, peace.
All right, guys, so that concludes today's podcast. Once again, big thanks to Steven for coming on. He did a great job. I know I know how he feels about Judge. Those are all his New York teams, but I just can't agree with him on that one. But I appreciate y'all tuning in. Like I said, I'm going to try to get guests on every podcast this week. I've got them scheduled, so as long as their schedules don't change and things don't fall through, should have some pretty good stuff for y'all. Um, but until then, I'll see y'all later. Once again, follow me on Twitter, at Hot Takes with TP3. I'll have locks coming in for y'all, but, I mean, there's not too many bets coming out right now. Football season, I'll have a podcast podcast specifically for y'all for gambling that'll probably come out on Wednesday or Thursday to try to get y'all those bets quick probably Wednesday to give y'all a day or so to listen to and lock in your picks for the week we'll have yardage locks and all his locks on there but once again guys appreciate y'all tuning in I'll see y'all tomorrow I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army, bitch, my lap.